Steve finds you okay for that junk trip to Dalian on Saturday? Because apparently we can just breeze through. Yeah, I, I'd heard that. Apparently there's some... I can't remember her name. She was a former Secretary for Security, said apparently when... when said... When, 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 you, when, when um, you think that there are immigration laws, um, there are, but they don't apply to certain people who they don't apply to. I mean... We are being a bit light-hearted about this, but what we're talking about, and we are obviously talking about these abductions mm. of the people who publish books and sell books that the mainland doesn't like, we're actually talking about the one thing that I remember very distinctly people talking about at the time of the um, handover to Chinese sovereignty, which was the one overwhelming fear that people had of the midnight knock on the door, that, you know, you don't have rule of law. You have people who have the power to knock on your door and say, come with me. Now, the, whatever you think about the post-1997 um, period, the, one of the things that you did have in Hong Kong, which at that time was unique in Chinese history, was a period in which you didn't have a knock on the door and people were not whisked away uh, for reasons that are... Uh, to do with politics or they could be to do with personal relations they could be to do with anything once you have a breakdown in rule of law all bets are off yeah now the case of lee bourne his colleagues is it's it's quite hard to say underestimate how serious it is because these guys are involved in an activity which admittedly is high risk i mean they they run a publishing house they run a bookshop which is quite popular with mainlanders, and they sell books that talk about the private lives of the mainland, senior mainland officials. And don't we all really this want is, to know about that? Well, people in the mainland do, because, of course, these books are banned there. Yeah, I know. You know, as... as, as, as um, um, I, I always remember, many, many years ago, I used to work for a Middle East magazine, and it was struggling and struggling. And they noticed the only way to to really get any circulation was to put a picture of Ayatollah Khomeini on the cover because then it would be banned in all sorts of places and sales would go <laughs> through the roof. They then had to find an article to go with the picture which was often a bit <laughs> difficult Please. but hey, you know, those, 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 those were tough times. Well that relationship's tough, back in the news as well, measures. isn't it? Yeah. Well it is indeed, it is indeed. So in this instance, you know, you ban a book and you give it credibility. I mean, frankly some of the books that come out of that source <clears throat> uh, may be factually challenged but you know, as long as they keep banning them, they give them the credibility that they maybe don't have. But in this case, what is... I mean, it's bad enough. You kind of know that the mainland officials are going to react in the way that they do. But what is really worrying for those of us who live in Hong Kong is the fact that the Hong Kong government has washed its hands of this case. The Hong Kong government has washed its hands so the question, something that we were discussing before, arises. Did they know beforehand that these abductions were going to take place? Or maybe even more worryingly, that mainland officials thought, oh, I'm not going to tell the local weasels, we'll just come in and well, do see, it. Well, see, that's, that's my thing. I mean, it's like, has, has, have the big boys here been caught with their trousers down because of one or two things? One, they're lying. Two... He didn't have a clue it was going on. Either way, they looked Either way, daft. it's not good, is it? It's really not good. I mean, the contempt that would be shown for the local um, system if the mainland officials simply said, we don't need to bother you, we don't need to inform you boys, we've, we've got a, we're on a mission. 
You know what this reminds um, me of, Steve? I mean, um, there was an article by Tim Hamlet saying, oh, this has been going on for ages, blah 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 But you remember a story some time ago that a uh, very senior British government official was on the quiet told, well, it's ours anyway. You know, you can do the dance, but it's ours. Yeah. So well, is, mean, is it a surprise? It, it's not a surprise. It's not a surprise, but it's not something to be complacent about, if you see what I mean. Mm. I mean, this is actually a new level. Do you remember in 2014... There was another publisher of banned books um, whose uh, name is uh, uh, Yu Moitin, who was um, lured over to Shenzhen and then faced a court. And he, he, he's been, in fact, he's still in jail. He was put into jail for 10 years for, I think, um, smuggling common goods. I mean, you know, when you're in a Chinese court of law, it doesn't really matter what you're charged with because no evidence is adduced that is in any way that would stand up in an independent court of law. It's just you're going to jail. It's common goods. Smuggling. Stuff. Smuggling stuff. Booze or whatever. As I say, the charge doesn't really matter. What the important thing was was to shut him up and to send a message to other people thinking of publishing these sorts of books. Well, this is at another level. You've got one person disappeared from Thailand involved with this company. Four people from Hong Kong disappeared with no credible explanation. Unless, of course, you want to get into the lower reaches of the sewer. And that's a place where that very disgusting legislator, uh, 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 Mr Ng Long Singh, lives. This is one of these people who, um, for whom the word contempt really doesn't apply because we're, we're so far below contempt. But he's done that thing, which all dictators old, old and their tactic. apologists do, is say, well, you know, uh, it's not all it seems this. Uh, I've heard that this is actually a prostitution case. Gosh, Mr. Ern, you're not even original, son. Yeah. You, you, you're, you're a junior league apologist for the worst things. This is what the Nazis always did, you know, in their, Anwar. In, in, in their Anwar in Malaysia. The Nazis were always saying, you know, in their sort of fanatical persecution of the Jews, oh, well, you know, it's, it's all based on these things. But anyway, did you hear that the Jewish people are basically a bit, you know, they've got some sexual perversions which we could talk about. Oh, and Stalin did the same when people disappeared in Stalin's Russia. This is the same old sordid, despicable trick and then this man says, yesterday, he says, oh, I want to sincerely apologise. Uh, it's quite true that these... Um, uh, uh, it's quite true these facts weren't verified. But but I got an email from a friend. Well, that's well, boy, I've never had an email from a friend. Maybe I don't have any friends. But the idea that you would sit in LegCo, demean the office, demean the institution, and spread this sort of nonsense is beyond belief. And then you have... You know, people like Regina popping up and down going, let's not talk about the main issue. Let's try and shift the conversation onto something about um, boats and the law and blah, blah, blah. In fact, we've got an email on, on this very subject. Here's one we made earlier. <laughs> we made earlier. It, it says, um, sorry, I'm just trying to find it. Oh, here we go. Here we go. It says, um, um, <laughs> It's somebody talking about somebody called Angina Drip. I don't know who he's talking about. Um, 
<laughs> Does Angina Drip qualify with the knowledgeable statement that as a former public servant she is fully aware that anyone with a boat can get out of Hong Kong without going through immigration? Fishermen and rich people do it all the time. Oh, yes, and it seems Angina must make comments on anything so as to keep a profile in front of the public in the run-up to the wannabe CE campaign. Tut, tut. I know. Tut, tut. To think that she does these things for self To think that he thinks that. This is yes. from Richard, by the way. Can Thanks we for getting his name and, yep. and make sure somebody visits him this Should evening? Should we ban him? Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, you know... Regina, people are noticing. I'm just just saying that. Well, here, I'll tell you what, Steve. So listeners to this fine radio station are, are in the forefront of that. Yeah, Cla- Claudia had a kick. <coughs> Claudia Mo had a kick up yesterday about the uh, the press reporting certain things. The chap in Ledgeco being the one that she used. Now that brings up a very interesting point. Every time one of these people opens their mouths, it gets into the paper, or you know, it gets into the into the media. So the big question here is. Should you know? Was it a slow news day? Should the media boys report this nonsense, or should they just go to be silly? Well, I'm very, I'm very, very wary of the idea that you shoot the messenger. I hear you, um, because you know, if you say, "Oh, this man is such a, a low life," this Mister Ng legislator Ng is such a low life that we're not going to report what he says. That's also a road that you don't want to go down. I'm thinking more about her, to be perfectly honest, Regina, because you yeah, know, speaking well, in tongues, it, you know. I mean, as I say, I think that that you are beholden to report things as they happen. There is a question of how much prominence you give to these reports, and there is also a question of how much scepticism you show when you're... You know when you're reporting. Yeah, it's a toughie. Just doing a. a but then they know they, have, they can just push a button and get into the media. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, that's how the game works. To be honest, I suppose um, so. I, I heard an interview. I'm oh, sorry, this is just a bit off off beam. But I, I was listening to a, a, another broadcast. Apparently, it's called the BBC, and there was an interview with Theresa May. And the exasperated interviewer, Theresa May, incidentally, is the British Home Secretary. The exasperated interviewer said to her, but, but, but Theresa May, you're simply not answering my questions. And she said, but you've got to understand, I'm a politician. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a nice piece of honesty, if nothing else. <laughs> you must understand the nature of government isn't to be the sum for Appleby. <laughs> but I, I thought that was, that was quite nice. But anyway, so just in case, just in case anybody... It seriously believes that what we're looking at with these abductions are somehow not abductions. Just in case anybody believes, and boy, there can't be many left, the chief executive, that we mustn't draw conclusions from this, that that, that perish the thought that politics is involved, go read Global Times. That would be my suggestion, because Global Times is this rabid Beijing mouthpiece, but it has the habit of saying it like it is. Between the lines. Not even between the lines. It kind of goes out in full volume. You know, it's... These people are enemies... <laughs> these, these people are enemies of the Chinese state. They must be brought to justice. And they said yesterday, oh, well, you know, there may be laws in place, but security agencies have their means to circumvent the laws. It's all there, in black and white. An official newspaper published in Beijing, reflecting the, the, the views of the regime... You don't have to second-guess it. It's actually there to read. Yeah. Over the past couple of days, it's been stuff like, uh, does this fellow have a British passport? Well, now it seems like it does. He does, yes. But, you know, they've been over there making nice with David Cameron. That's, yeah, oh, yeah, he's got a British passport. Next. Next, yes. Well, you know, it, but this does actually raise other issues, doesn't it? Because we heard the Chinese Foreign Ministry saying yesterday, if you are, and get this, <laughs> if you are ethnically Chinese... Oh, yeah, we knew, yeah, yeah. 
So this is about race as much as it is about nationality. It's the sort of thing that in most societies people don't do. You know, for example, in Britain, there are many people of Chinese race who are primarily British, and that's because they live there, they work there, etc., etc. But according to China, if you're ethnically Chinese... You are. That's first it. First and foremost was the, was the formula. Yeah, used. that's come up once or twice and before. And the idea that um, if you carry a foreign passport, that in some way may denote your, your nationality out the window. Yeah, I tell you what, though, uh, we will come back to this afternoon. It's love to hear from you. And thanks, Rich, for the email there. Uh, Morningbrew at rthk.hk, or do check out our Morningbrew Facebook page. In the news at 10, Sam finished off by saying, uh, well, the China stock market is closed today. It's like, no, we don't like the figures. Pub, lads. And then I got a little email from Pedro, who lives in Saikung, and he says, wow, the Hang Seng is in free fall. Now, this sounds like a job for Peter Lewis, and here's one I made earlier. What about that? Good morning. Yep, it's true. The Chinese market, the mainland Chinese Chinese market is closed for the day. day off. It's the, the second time this week that the new circuit breakers, which were only uh, implemented on Monday, have been triggered. And the idea is that if the CSI 300, which is an index of the largest Chinese blue chips, falls 5%, then the market gets suspended for 15 minutes. We don't the, like it today, so we're off down the beach. So 5% <laughs> was hit within 13 minutes of trading today. The market was suspended for 15 minutes. When it reopened, the index fell 7%, and as a result, that's triggered the second circuit breaker, which means the market is now closed for the rest of the day. So that's the second time this week now that that has happened, although this has happened very quickly, within half an hour of trading. Um, it's astonishing. So it raises the question, does it not, why would a sane person volunteer to put their money in the Chinese mainland markets? This is money that... that, that could well be stuck there for a very long time. Well, I think this is hugely damaging for the reputation of the China markets because if I was a foreign investor and foreign institutions have strict rules about the types of markets they can invest in, I would be saying to myself, this is a manipulated, distorted market that you can no longer freely trade. I could buy, but then I can't end up selling the shares either because selling's banned or I go to jail if I try and sell or the market's closed. So I can't sell anyway when I want. And I would be saying to myself, it doesn't matter how big the market is, how big the economy is, can I seriously, on behalf of my clients, invest in this market? And the answer right now would have to be no. I wonder if this, and this is a genuinely open question, I wonder if one of the consequences of this is a benefit to the Hong Kong market as a well, proxy. The, the Hong Kong market doesn't have these circuit breakers, so whatever happens, the Hong Kong market mm. will carry on trading. It's down quite a lot at the moment. It's down over 500 points, which is close to 2.5%. But at least it is trading. At least the market is open. It's a well-regulated market, and it is a market that, you know, you have buyers and sellers. And if the sellers and you outweigh can the buy buyer, Chinese corporations here if you... If Absolutely. you have that kind of desire. Far more cheaply than actually you can buy them in the mainland. The eight shares trade at a discount, quite a hefty discount to the shares on the mainland. You know, that would be a better way of buying them rather than risking being locked up um, in mainland right. China and uh, facing the wrath of the, the regulators and the authorities there. So why, uh, wow, <coughs> exclamation from Pedro, the Hang Seng is in free fall.
Well, the Hang Seng obviously is linked to the China markets. I mean, many of the, the Chinese shares are listed here in Hong Kong. The economy here in Hong Kong is, is dependent upon what happens in the mainland. So it is going to reflect to a certain extent what happens um, on, on China. So if the market is down 7%, Shenzhen, which is the smaller market of particularly smaller tech companies, is down um, 8.5% when that got uh, suspended, almost 8.5%. That's going to have an impact. It's having an impact on global markets. If you look at the Dow Jones futures, which trade overnight, they're indicating the US markets are going to fall quite sharply when they get going later on in the day. So this is having a global impact. See, I don't see the logic of that. I really don't. Well, the fear is that the Chinese economy is weakening far more than economists have been expecting. And we're also seeing a depreciation of the Chinese renminbi. Um, it's been... Yeah, the fix has been made lower for eight days in a row now. Yeah, but grown-ups understand the disconnect between the stock market and the underlying economy. I mean, what, what you're saying about the underlying economy, I'm sure, is true. But the, the nonsense that's going on in the market seems to be a completely different story. It, it's often the case that markets become disconnected from the fundamentals of the economy that they represent. That's been the case all around the world um, for, for a long time and it's probably particularly true right now in China because the Chinese market is a manipulated market. Two of these circuit breaks you said until uh, since it kicked in, yes? Yeah, on Monday and, and we're in, again um, today. Um, and today is the 7th of January, so we, yeah, you imagine, like, a few more weeks... <laughs> yeah, whatever. Thanks very much, Pete. It's always good to sort of get through the uh, the mire with you. We'll be back after the news. It's morningbrew at rthk.hk if you want to get in touch. Uh, and a big thanks to uh, Pedro for your wow email about this one. Right here on Radio 3, still in with Steve Vines. 22 minutes to 11 o'clock couple more things to get stuck into. Steve, I want to talk about Eddie Ng insisting that the TSA stays. Of course, that's the travel skimming allowance. Yes, it is, isn't it? Yes. I mean, it's been a great success. It's universally loved by parents, teachers, and indeed a lot of people who are neither of those two categories. Um, it has one defender. Uh, what's his name? Oh, that's right. Eddie Ng. So, boy, it, I mean, what is it that he doesn't understand? about testing Form 3 students and why that may not be a great idea when they're already under pressure by also a battery of other tests mm. and they're about, you know, uh, we're sitting at a table. They don't... Most of them just barely come up to the top of the table size. Uh, uh, I mean, but the good news... Can I tell you the good news? I mean, we are we are here of a, of a Thursday morning. The good news, apparently, is that Eddie Young's been spending a great... <laughs> a great deal of time out of Hong Kong, which I presume means he can do less damage. There was um, a, a question in Ledgeco about this the other day. From Long Kok Hong? Yeah, it was. The very same, with the longer, long, long sort of hair. Yeah. He was saying, according to government figures, must be right, that young Eddie has spent something like, and I don't want to give a precise figure, but it's 433000 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and, and $700 on overseas trips this year. Apparently... Uh, that that works out at one trip per month. And uh, Mr. Ng says, oh, they've all been very valuable. I've been to the mainland. However, and our dear leader, our dear leader tops that many-fold. We don't have a full-year statistic for CY Lung's travels, and as faithful listeners to this programme will know, we keep careful track of the very rare occasions when he's in Hong Kong. But in the first six months of the year he managed to spend over a million bucks 
on overseas trips. He's actually done more trips in the second half of the year. So I think the dear leader's probably spent about two million or so travelling around at the public how expense. How can you rack up that? How? how? I, I, Even on Cathay it wouldn't cost yeah. that much. <laughs> I don't think he's getting the fanfares. I'm, just, I'm just, <laughs> just saying. I think he may be paying a slightly bigger fare. I mean, well, you know, on the one hand, I am pleased that these people are spending a lot of time out of Hong Kong because I feel the less they're here, the less damage they can do. Eddie, honestly, chum, why don't you spend a bit more time out of the territory? There, there's nothing you can do here that wouldn't be good. So the, the implication from the way the news story was written was like learning how to do it from the boys upstairs. Yes, that, 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 that apparently may be so. And uh, so, you know, if you think that the issue of national education has gone away and that Eddie... Very smart, Eddie Young, very popular, very charismatic Eddie Young isn't going to uh, come back to that. Um, let's wait on that one. I think I think that he is under orders to put that back on the agenda. But, hey, he can always go up for more instructions. He does seem to like doing it. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though, it's interesting. Just before the news, Peter was talking about the Chinese stock market gone off to the beach for the day, uh, and two of these tripwire things have gone off how long how long mystic meg before people whether they be chinese or, or or caucasian or whatever just start saying right to hell with this i'm off well the, follow the money i always say follow the money if you want to know what comes out of their mouths and what comes out of their minds follow the money so why is it why is it that all these chinese leaders and all these big people who talk big about chinese patriotism are so busy getting their assets out of the country what do they know that we don't know? Their assets. Let's haul asset. Well, you know, if they can, they do. Yeah. It's as simple as that. If they can get foreign passports for their for their children, they go and get them. If they want them to be educated, they this send them the out to the country. This is the bit we need to look at. This is the bit the bit between the. I mean, look, yeah, follow look, the money. I mean, it's always always reliable. We talk about we talk about people flooding into Hong Kong from the mainland, and as, as we said before, one of the reasons is they don't trust their own lives to they don't mm. they don't want to poison their babies. And this it's not necessarily because they're being a horde of marauding <coughs> thugs; it's because they don't trust where they are. Yeah, and it comes back and back and back to this: people quietly getting passports for their and you know, wouldn't you if you were a parent? But and if you had the means, I mean, the whole point is they do have very very substantial sums of money. We'll go into how they got that. See, money. that always puzzles time. me too. <laughs> we'll go into that another time. Apparently, and uh, I don't know, you've probably heard this first on this broadcast. Apparently, there's some corruption in China. I mean, they talk. You? They talk about people coming into Hong Kong who are sort of, they, you know, words like peasants and locusts yeah, and all this yeah, sort of yeah. stuff are used, and yet they're massively wedged up. Yes, absolutely. How'd you get these uber-rich tractor driver? I mean, it's that is another thing that's well, worth. You, you, you may find they're not the, perhaps the tractor driver, but they are the mayor of well, you, you know, what's it province? Well. You it's, know, it's, it's, it's city, material wealth versus yeah. what people well, consider to be class. Which is, incidentally, why in, in the people's paradise the inequality of wealth is so enormous. Mm. So you only need a very small percentage of the people in a country the size of China to be really rich, and that's a lot of people. But you've still got the hinterland of people with, you know, not two sticks to rub together. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, just as a PS to the bookshop thing, apparently... We really care about this one. Uh, a Singapore-based book chain is removing anti-China stuff yeah, from its shelves. Well, wouldn't you have good. guessed that? Yeah, I think... Um, what have they got that's anti-China in there? You know, Janet and John do Shenzhen. <laughs> what have they got? Well, well, that's, of course, the question, isn't it? I mean, what, 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 we'll just go back to the discussion we were having uh, before the break. I mean, what is it that this is all about, fundamentally? It's about putting the fear of God into anyone 
who publishes material that isn't considered or deemed to be acceptable. And this is just hard by the Chinese, stuff, by the way. Good old-fashioned yeah. books. Yeah, good old-fashioned books. It's not even yeah. the interweb. So, you know, you've got um, any book that's deemed unacceptable by the Chinese Communist Party, the idea is to put the fear of God into people from either publishing it or distributing it. Well, congratulations to page one. They've decided to... And instead, this isn't self-censorship. Can I stress this? This is exercising responsibility. They apparently have simply removed from the shelves of their bookstores yeah. books they consider might be, might be, get that, politically sensitive. Well, as somebody who used to shop in page one, I have advice for other people who might be looking Don't. for a book. There are, there, there are alternatives available. Yeah. I mean, it, it... But it is chilling that people are doing that. I mean, you know, the, the big stick is, is welded. And and the first thing people do is go. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right, Jack. Usually, what we find in history and in our personal lives is that bullies are best dealt with by standing up to them. I suppose so. Talking of which, uh, somebody fired off a few caps underground in Pyongyang yesterday, uh, yeah. and apparently he's made a hydrogen bomb. Well, has he? That's the question, <laughs> isn't got, it? Like, well, duh. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, this is the fourth major... Uh, well, well, there's only been four. This is the fourth nuclear test since, I think, 2006, when, when North Korea declared that it had a <coughs> nuclear programme. And the dear leader was saying just a couple of weeks ago that they already had a hydrogen bomb capability. Well, in North Korea, of course, once the dear leader has said something is reality... <laughs> <laughs> regardless of whether it's actually true. Um, but he's peed off China it, it now. It gets announced. Well, the fact is, um, it was a very large explosion. The, the, the Americans measured it. and 5.1. 5, 5. 5.1. It did come from the place where they've had the three previous nuclear tests. Hmm. It is also true that they've been testing um, submarine delivery of nuclear weapons. Now... The fact that they've been testing it, the fact that they claim that they've got a hydrogen bomb, and if they have, boy, is that worrying. Boy, I mean, that's because that's a level of destruction capability. But you know what is this is all about, serious. Steve? It's like you're not taking me seriously. It is. Stomp. Yeah. But, I mean, the hole that the North Koreans are digging themselves in, they used to have one best friend in the world. In fact, one friend in the world which was the People's Republic of China. And even in Beijing, they're now saying, do you know what? I'm just so fed up with these people. So the errant child of the errant child. Yeah. And the, and, and, and the jumping up and down in Pyongyang, and we've got a bigger bomb than you, we'll let it off if you don't behave. Well, just, Apparently this one was, uh, the test was made in response to American aggression. It was more of a D-bomb than an H-bomb, <laughs> if you know what I mean. It was more of what a, does he want, Steve? Attention. Well, I think there's attention. There's a question of morale. I mean, if you if you run a country in which most people lead pretty miserable lives, you have to be able to tell them. You have to be able to give them a story of achievement. And I, you may say, well, what sort of achievement is it to say that all we can do is blow up other people? But I mean, it does feed into a certain patriotic narrative. It is a morale booster. I mean, they did get very excited on North Korean television about this yesterday. Very, very excited. They even hauled their main newscaster out of retirement, the, the so-called um, Pyongyang granny, to announce this. So, you know, the, the, this has very important consequences for the um, credibility of the regime among its own people. Yeah. But, you, you know, but at the end of the day, 
they're still not being fed properly. Exactly. He's, tr he's trying to out China. China, remember <coughs> many, many years ago, the Khmer Rouge wanted to out Mao Mao. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, what and, that, to them. and that, that wasn't a great success, was no, it? it? Wasn't. Not really. Uh, can mean, you draw? Is there a? Yeah, it's well, very loose. But the, the 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 difference there is, I suppose, is that there was a much greater willingness of neighbouring countries to intervene in Cambodia, because essentially, the Khmer Rouge was 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 um, displaced by the Vietnamese into intervening. It didn't just fade away. I mean, you know. They, they armed um, Hung Seng and his boys to, to, to get rid of the Khmer Rouge. I don't see that happening on the Korean Peninsula, but, hey, you just don't know. I mean, you do have a very formidable South Korean army. It's not as though they're a pushover. And they've received visit visits from the brass from China they, as well. They sure have, and, and from the United States, Which for that matter. the boys upstairs, you know, in yeah. North Korea haven't really... Well... In fact, senior officials aren't going <laughs> no, to Pyongyang no. anymore. I mean, it's probably been more they, American. They, brass they, there. Can, they can get the, the Pyongyang can get you know the third secretary uh, nose picking sec uh, section to go to one of their ceremonies. Now they can't really get anybody senior to even come visit them anymore. And then the question is, will will the PRC cut off its economic aid? I've got a cracker to end with. I Go knew on. there was something I you wanted to talk about. You knew there was something. Check it out yesterday. The Secretary for Security, Lai Tung Kwok, says he will ask the police to study the possibility of issuing a survival guide to prepare Hong Kongers for terrorist attacks. Um, honestly, can I just say... I did I'm, mean that. I totally I, just read I this. I am reassured. A survival guide. Are you reassured? Yeah, I'm absolutely assured. Should we, should we go forth backwards into the future? I think we absolutely <laughs> should. As always, Steve, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>